everyone's on their own journey and everyone chooses their own path, which means also that you, with the challenges that you face, you've created those challenges and you're ready for those challenges. That's Sam Todd, personal trainer and wellness coach. And this is episode 106 of the Aligned Performance Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the show. My name is Trang, high performance coach and speaker and your host of the show. And I am so excited to be sharing with you this guest episode. In this conversation, you will hear from Sam Todd, who is a personal trainer and wellness coach and one of my beautiful clients who went through the journey of potential earlier this year. And through this experience, Sam has undergone the most incredible journey of evolution and achievement, doubling her business in just eight weeks. But that's a pattern that Sam has run her entire life. She's constantly evolving and achieving major milestones in her life. So I thought, who better than Sam to get onto this show to share with you her story and to inspire you to lead your highest life and to achieve things that you could only ever dream of previously. In this conversation, Sam shares her story, when it is unresourceful to be too disciplined, why fear doesn't have to be scary, how your external world is only ever a mirror of your internal world, imposter syndrome, how everyone chooses their own path, and more. If you are someone who wants to achieve big things in your life, then listen in because Sam's learnings will give you so much value and help you fast track your progress. I'll see you on the other side. Enjoy. Sam Todd, welcome to the Aligned Performance Podcast. Very happy to be here, Trang. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for coming all the way from Ballarat. Ah, easy as. (laughs) Crazy train ride down. Oh, I'm so... I'm so ready to have this conversation with you because it's actually really special that we're sitting here because, yeah, like we've known each other for, yeah, we've connected over, what has it been? Maybe... Really like since the start of the year, maybe? Yeah, like six months. Yeah. And, yeah, we've gone pretty deep in a lot of our conversations and we've connected deeply, but we haven't actually met each other in person no. until today. So this is really special to be sitting here and um, to share this conversation for the next hour. Yeah, I agree. Real life Trang, right in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) So the reason why I want to have this conversation with you, Sam, is because you're a wellness coach. You have a lot of impact and a lot of empowerment to give women out there. Um, But also you did do the journey of potential earlier this year, which I'm now not running anymore and power your potential is the new journey of potential. But you've gone through a big hero's journey. (laughs) Your face just said you're like, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, yeah. big journey, big journey. You have gone through quantum leaps and yeah, radical transformations over a short amount of time. Yeah, I'm going to say six months or so. Um, And I think there's so much that you can share with the listeners so that they can learn from you, they can be empowered from you, and they can skip the trial and error process. Because some of these changes and revelations that you've had would take people 
years and decades. Yeah, it, it can take time to come to this sort of, um, I guess to get to that place where I've managed to get myself to. Um, and I mean, there's still places to go, but yeah, if I can do anything to help out um, your listeners and yeah, I, I, I'm just glad to have the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's get into it. Let's start off, Sam, by telling us, like at a high level, and we will go into deeper um, into all of this in the episode, but just to give context, at a high level, who are you? Okay, so I am... Oh, it's hard. It's hard to say what, what comes first sometimes. So yep. I, I am a mother of two girls um, and a wife. And I think that those two things always come to the forefront. Um, I am also a personal trainer, a wellness coach, and uh, I like. I've been told amateur athlete, but you know, <laughs> you're an say, athlete. Like. Let's just say that I I like my exercise and I have exercise goals. Um, I like to run and I do running events. And also, last year I started triathlons, so I guess I'm also an amateur triathlete mm. um yeah to give to give that, people that, like a me. general idea of like the riding and triathlons that you do like what events do you do oh yeah so um when it comes to running I'm I'm bigger on half marathons um and I have a particular event that's a favorite of mine called Point to Pinnacle which is in Hobart um each year and I also um, like doing the sprint triathlons. So that's where I'm at at the moment. So we've got the what, the 750-metre swim, 20-kilometre ride and 5-kilometre run. Yeah, because yeah. as if one sport isn't like a big enough of a challenge, you've got to do three sports in one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Just, yeah. And it's actually quite nice. And I, I actually think my body agrees with doing that mm. more than running for long periods of time. So it might be something I grow more into. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. So you're a woman with a lot of different parts to who you are. Yeah. 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 Lots of different parts of my. Yeah. Yes. Cool, cool. Um and you know, you did do the journey of potential between April and May of this year. I think or was yeah. it April to June, I think. Um so can you even give us a high level overview of your journey because I know you've gone through a lot of evolutions in your life. So even we can go all the way back to when you first started out, like out of school and in uni, your journey of like where you started, where you got to before the journey of potential, and then where you are now at a a high level. Yeah, okay. Um, So I've already, I already had a quarter life crisis when I was in my mid 20s. So I'm, I'm 35 now. Um, I, when I was 13, I, I wanted to be a meteorologist. That was my thing. And I held on to that all the way through until it, it drove all of my decisions academically. And I was in second year university when I realized that there was another job called a meteorological observer, which was all about uh, releasing weather balloons and doing temperature observations. Um, sending out messages across the country. So cool. Yeah, like it, it was really um, like it, it was amazing on 
paper. Um, so <laughs> when I I finished university, it, it took me a couple of years to get into the Bureau of Meteorology. So just worked some casual jobs and um, I finally got in there and, uh, and I did my training and we, we being my uh, then boyfriend, now husband and I went to Darwin. We were posted to Darwin for our first um, posting with the Bureau and we stayed up there for four years. Um, we got married, had a baby. I became a personal trainer when I was in my downtime um, at the Bureau because I, I'd i been through a massive lifestyle change myself and I thought, I just want to help people. Mm. And, and, and that's how I thought I could do it. And then once we, I was done with maternity leave, I realised that I was done number one with Darwin and number one with that first mountain that I had climbed. <laughs> I realised that it was, yeah, it, it wasn't what I had truly wanted. So we moved back to Victoria. So what was it that really hit you that made you realise this wasn't, this wasn't what you wanted? Um, there was a mixture of things. So... Uh, being part of um, like a, a bureaucratic job, like a, a government job, there's not a lot of change mm. and, and not a lot of innovation that goes on. Um, and I did realise that through becoming a personal trainer that all my life, all I'd ever done was help people. You know, even in my casual jobs, I was a babysitter, nanny, you know, like I'd, I'd always just wanted to help um, provide a service. So this like be, becoming a personal trainer gave me that outlet that I could do that so I really wanted to pursue that mm. instead yeah yeah I think for high achieving individuals like you when things aren't changing for some people it's like oh this is nice like this is secure this is comfortable mm. but then for high achieving individuals it's the exact thing that repels you that's right like I some some people love that you know, that routine um, of staying somewhere for 30 years and not seeing a lot of change. But for me, it was frustrating mm. and I, I just had to change it. So, yeah, so we did. And did that, did that revelation come to you like overnight or did it actually come to you over time? Oh, it grew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it definitely grew. So at first I thought it was homesickness mm. um, for Victoria, which... Uh, in some ways it was um, but honestly now when I think back at it um, it was probably more having a family that took us back to Victoria it, it made a lot more sense to be closer to our families once we had a family yeah. to take care of um, but I could have made that change anywhere um, yeah so I, at first I thought it was homesickness and then I realised I'd I'd been through this change and I started to help people. I was doing both at some point. I was mm. working and being a personal trainer. So I was at the Bureau and being a trainer. And yeah, it just, I guess the personal training just grew to be way more important to me. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a key point. Like the fact that that's, it probably started really small, right? Because you said it grew over time. Yeah. So it was like, it would have been a small, like niggling feeling like an underlying harm of something not being quite right 
and at the side, it's like really easy to ignore and it's really easy to be like, oh, no, nah, it's, it's totally fine. Mm. But then it grows over time. And that's when, as it's growing, you've got to face, you've got to turn to face this like monster that you're looking at. Yeah, um, And that takes courage. That takes courage because you'd gone to uni, you'd moved states and you'd invested in this mountain to, to get to the top of this mountain. Yeah, like it it was terrifying to think that, you know, I'm I'm a big people pleaser, so you know, it, even just to think about um you know, like letting anybody down that I had, you know, that like people who had invested in me. So, yeah. Um, you know, my parents, um the the trainers, the industry itself, you know, like anyone that had spent time on me because I was so keen to be part of the bureau. Um and then for me to just go, actually, you know, the last 12 to 14 years, that's actually not what I wanted to be doing. Um, but, mm. but you didn't know. Like, it, if I had told my 13-year-old self that I was actually going to become a personal trainer, um, I would have laughed at you um, pretty <laughs> pretty loudly because I, I was not a very – I wasn't an active kid. Yeah. Um, that definitely wasn't on my priority list. So I, I would have just said, what what kind of university are you coming from? And I would have just, you know, di- dish you to the side and said, what are you talking about? I'm going to be a scientist. And yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, my God. There's so much to unpack yeah. on this already. Just, we're going to spend like the next hour on this and we're only like yeah, partway through the very first question. I know. And that, and that was way before job. That was, um, yeah, so that was that first that first journey that I went through on my own. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So then you, you took that courage to let that go, let that 12 years that you, you developed to, to be in the brewery go, and then you've come back to Victoria? Yes. Yep, so I, I started working at the local aquatic centre for, well, that was about five years. While, as a PT? Yeah, well, I went and had um, another baby as well, so um, that all took over that time, and... Um, I, I did do a little bit of my own personal training when I moved to Ballarat as well. Mm. Um, but then it just, like, the uh, the work at the Aquatic Centre just took priority. And, yeah, so I worked there for quite some time um, yeah. But before the next opportunity came along, which um, I didn't think it would. I thought that the Aquatic Centre was probably it. For me, I thought about uni. I thought about other things and just thought, nah, like, you already went to uni once. You're a bit old. Just work with what you've got, and yeah, and and hang out here, um, and that changed too. So yeah, 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 yeah. So then that was like kind of before job. Yeah. Or there's like so more, that was there's more to to share. Uh, so that was right up until January 2021. Yep. When I started work at the pain management clinic that I'm at now. As, yep. as their wellness coach. So, um, so how did that come about? So a friend sent me an ad. <laughs> um, love that. Love her for doing it. Um, and she just said, this sounds like you. And I, I read it and they, they were looking for someone with a holistic approach that had fitness qualifications that could um, help recondition um, patients who were undergoing pain management treatment. Mm. And I said, you know what? I think, I think you're right. I think this does sound like me. Um, so I, I just gave it a stab. Um, I got an interview, walked in, had a chat. It was a chat with the pain management doctor uh-huh. and the clinic manager, and um, 
they called me out the next week and said that they wanted me for the job. So wow. I, that shocked me massively. I did not even think that I was of the calibre to get a job like that. Um, mm. The job had previously been taken by physios and exercise physiologists. Yeah. Um, and they'd chosen a little, like just a bit of a different direction. Um, yeah, and so I scored that job. So I'd been in it for a year and doing my own personal training from home um, in a post, well, kind of still current post-COVID world. Yep. Um, and that probably led up to the summer when I connected with you yeah. talking about job. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then well, we're going to talk all about like the the massive transformations you've had over the last six months. But first, we've got to give context. So where are you now? Oh, okay. So now I am still working two casual shifts a week at the clinic. Yep. Um, and doing three um, like kind of group fitness classes for them as well. And I am running my own personal training and wellness coaching business from home. Um, and yeah, I I am capped out. I don't really want to take on many more people at the moment because I'm How at, good is that? I'm back at university. That's the other thing that changed as well. Yes. I, I took on the exercise sports science degree at the beginning of this year. So I do have a cap of my time. Um, so I went from probably around about eight to ten sessions a week booked in at my garage to regularly I would say 18 to 20 sessions a week yeah so you've yeah. you've doubled your you've doubled your business yes yeah, yeah. fairly well that's yep. huge that's yeah. huge all right we, yes. we've got to go we've got to go back now we've got to go through this whole process because okay what you've just shared is like the external tangible changes mm. but there's been so many more like internal deeper level shifts that have had to happen first in order for this to be manifested into your external reality yes 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 and, right. and that's where it all begins so let's go all the way back to the start of you know when we first connected summer before the journey of potential um you were already at the pain management clinic mm-hmm. You were starting, you had your personal training business at home, but it wasn't wellness coaching yet, was it? Um, it was, I had had one wellness coaching client, okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that was, that was where um, the roots of it began. Mm. What were your biggest challenges? Like why, yeah, why was it actually relevant for you to join the journey of potential? What were you dealing with then? Um, so at the time I was dealing with a lot of um, like client drop-offs and I wasn't really sure why um, mm-hmm. like there was obviously some sickness and you know some genuine reasons in there why a client wouldn't continue but that there, there must have been something else to it um, I was uh, struggling with anxiety and just having trouble being present in the moment so I'd let my mind run off to all different directions and not you know a lot of panic about um not being good enough um I was I was happy to sit back and watch my career unfold so I didn't I didn't really think that I could be doing much more I just sort of was sitting and waiting um Mm. you know think just just thinking well I'm at uni now this is going to be it for the next few years. 
And was that something that you had consciously acknowledged or that was something that you had secretly just accepted? I feel like I had, I'd said it out loud. Yeah, like right. I'd, I'd just sort of just gone, oh, well, you know, I guess, you know, the, this is my capability right now. This is all I'm able to do. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I guess the other thing was is that, like, more internally, I was in a fairly strict wellness routine, which I still am now. I've, I've maintained that um, with a lot of questions about it in between. Um, so I had this strict wellness routine, but inside, like, I wasn't really sure why I had that strict wellness routine. Like, I was like, why why do you do that like is it and and what what did yeah. this what did this regime include so um i get up at 5:30 most mornings some i think saturdays i don't have to um and i do yoga in the morning so i have 10 15 minutes of yoga um that's and then it's breakfast coffee and then the actual exercise that I'm up to that day so whether it's a run or strength or swim whatever it is Mm. um and I I keep that fairly consistent and then at night I I journal and do um probably either meditation or put some sleep music on like and it's very um yeah like bedtime's always about the same and yeah it's just that's that's who I am and I wondered how I'd got myself there and why was I there Mm -hmm. like why was I doing these streaks why was I you know like that yoga streak has gone on for nearly three years every every morning for three years Christmas morning every morning so um I really had to question that as well which is interesting because you've always come full circuit because at the start when you started that streak it would have been like this is such a good thing like I am being disciplined I'm honoring myself I am implementing this new regime and then now you've come full circle and you're like why am I still doing this yeah (laughs) yeah it feels like that sometimes Yeah. yeah 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 so that's where you were at yeah yeah right and then why were you prompted to question this situation? Because, like, because in some ways, someone might hear this and be like, "Sounds like you're you were in a pretty good place. Like you, you you look after your health. You know, you've got your business. You're at uni, right? Like, how is that even? How was that a problem? I, I think it was probably an issue, um, mostly because it was giving me that really bad like for some reason with all this stuff going on I I wasn't centered yep. and I, I wasn't satisfied and I thought I I need to be satisfied like you can't just go through this and think and be in this unsettled mode the mm-hmm. whole time like I'm like this is everything you know like you're saying like you're in a pretty good you know place why like something was missing and I always knew that I whenever I got to this point I went and found something else yeah but with uni coming up and it being three years long maybe even four and a half years long I don't I I didn't need to you know I guess be looking for something else you know, yeah. like, like I, I knew I was in a process, but I was like, I can't stay like this un, unsatisfied in this process. 
for four and a half years and I, I, I need to find that sense of achievement with what I've got. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't know how to do that. And I, I guess the word uh, potential in Journey of Potential really stuck out for me. I was like, okay, maybe there is more to what I'm doing. Maybe I can be more. Maybe I can actually hit a new ceiling in who I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I just needed that, that little push. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a really big thing to talk about because, yeah, as, as we've mentioned, from the outside, mm. it looks like you've got all the checkbox, like, ticked off and, you know, you're doing well and you're generally happy, you've got your family and all that stuff. But when you're feeling that dissatisfaction inside and that, oh, like, I need to, yeah, just get really centred, then that, that becomes everything. Mm. Like, that feeling from the inside radiates outwards and... And as you say, like if you hadn't gotten on top of this now, like maybe you would have then picked up and then found something else to mm. move on to the next thing. And then that would become problematic when, yeah, if you just can't stick to one thing and you just keep jumping from one thing to the other. Yeah, like, and it's one thing to be good at something and then you get to a point where um, you want to, you know, like something starts to niggle and instead of facing those fears to be great at that thing you do, you just go find something else to be good at. Yeah. Yeah, and and then that was definitely a trap that I was in. Yeah. yeah. It's a common one. Yeah. You know, amongst high-achieving individuals is, like, getting good is in some ways easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's easy to get good because when you're going from bad to good – you don't really have anything to lose. You can go all in and then you can start to get progress and you see those gains and it's really exciting. But going from good to great mm. is where the big leap happens. Yeah. Because you've got to keep evolving, right? Which means that you've got to let go of certain things that are already currently working out for you. Like if, you're, if things are going good, right, then things are going to be working out for you. But you have to let go of that often to then get to great. Mm. And then getting to great means greater responsibility, like greater success. Um, Yeah, more things to actually rise up to. And that's scary. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It it can be terrifying. But uh, as I soon found out, that fear is, it's, it doesn't have to be scary. Fear doesn't have to be scary. Fear is just that feeling that, you know, you can take it on. Mm. It, it, it's just different, that's all. Yeah. yeah. Oh, let's, I want to actually um, deep dive into that. Yeah. What, what gave you that realisation? Like, what happened to, for you to see that fear doesn't have to be scary? Um, oh, there were quite a few things. So, so little changes I had to make um, within my business, within uni, within everything. Like, I mean, I thought going back to uni would be terrifying and mm. some days it still is, but it after you face it, it's so it's so liberating um, when you realise that you can do something. So, I mean, I realise I face fear a lot um, when it comes to personal circumstances. A, a lot of times um, I will like with my anxiety for example um there are lots of times where my brain has said 
how about you don't do that today because what if this happens? Yeah. And I'd do it anyway. I've always been like, I've never let it stop me. So when it comes to things like uh, valuing myself, stepping up in career, making a job change, quitting an old job so that you can make room for the new job, Mm -hmm. all of that sort of stuff. Um, And you just think, what if, what if, what if, what if all this goes wrong? And you just have to, you just have to do it. And then when you've done it, it works out all right. Yeah, you Most like literally the squash the fear, right? Like well, visually, like an elephant yeah. stepping on, I don't know. And most and of the time it's, it. it's not even um, as big as you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Most of the time you go, oh, my God, I have to say this to my boss and what are they going to say when I say it? And you go to them and they go, oh, okay. You know, and, and you're like, <laughs> and you're like oh, oh. <laughs> all right, sure. Um, all this, you know, like you build it up. It's it's on you how you prepare yourself for those sorts of leaps. And then when you do them and they work out, that's great. Sometimes they don't work out, but you survive it anyway. You just go, oh, well, that didn't work. You know, <laughs> like it's not, you know, and, and because you built it up to not work, if it doesn't work, Sometimes you actually are quite relaxed about it because you've already told yourself it wasn't going to work. Mm. So you go, oh, yeah, just as I expected. Yeah. But then when it does work, you are so pleasantly surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, like coming from someone who, did you say your fate is like one of your favourite running events is points to pinnacle? Yes. Which we were talking about just before we started recording. What's it, what's it known as? What's that event known as? It's known as the world's toughest half marathon. That's insane. So for anyone who doesn't know, that's 21 kilometres just straight up a mountain. Yeah, it's, it's 1,270 metres elevation from start to finish. Yeah, which is like huge. Yeah, it's it's big, but it's not, I don't know. I, I always see it whenever I do it. I'm like, you know, people face big challenges every day. Yeah. And, and if they can do that, then I can get up this stupid mountain. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that, that's always been, uh, I did raise money for Panda, which is the perinatal anxiety and depression um, association. Um, and, and that got me up the hill, the hill, the mountain <laughs> a couple of times. Um, yeah, while I was raising money for them because I thought this is nothing compared to what it's like to overcome some of those struggles. Yeah, but that, that ties in with what you were saying about fear. Like you yes. build up a fear in your head, but when you do it, it's like usually not that bad because of your perspective. Yes. Like, yeah, 1,200 metres of elevation, but you're like in your head, there are people who do double this. There are people who do triple this. Mm-hmm. And then you create this perspective of I can do this. Like this is actually not that bad versus if you were to be really hung up on, oh, like, you know, this is – a huge mountain and I'm standing at the bottom and I'm looking all the way up and it's just like such a long way to go and you create you create a different reality for yourself yeah 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 it's all about how you're talking to yourself and not only that that's how you're talking to other people about the specific challenge like I was telling you I've managed to convince five people to do it and I definitely would not have convinced them to do it if I had to talk to them negatively about the event yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The language you use, which creates like the whole aura around any whatever it is that you're talking about. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, there's there's a saying by a philosopher called Seneca, which is, we suffer more in our imagination than in reality. Ooh, I like that one. And that's, that's pretty much what you're saying. Yeah. We suffer more in, ima- in our imagination than in reality. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you build it up in your head, but when you go and do it and you turn and look fear in the face, it just starts to dissolve and shrink down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's got no idea what it's doing when it's confronted. It just runs away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? A really good way to play with that and, and turn it into like a casual um, like a casual thing is put a name to the fear or put like a an image to the fear, mm. like a little jelly monster or something. Yeah. And if you're not looking at the jelly monster, he's huge and he's growing and he's towering over you. But as soon as you turn around and look at this jelly monster... <laughs> Jelly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh I love yeah, I love visualizing stuff like that. That's really cool. Yeah, have you done yeah. something like that with the fear? Oh or, yeah, or, or actually of what you've- Yeah, when it's come to my anxiety and I've thought about specific events, um I I've changed those events around in my mind. Mm. So yeah, I used to have like pretty bad visual I I think it's just the age that we grew up in, you know, like our generation had um like nine eleven, and when I was really little, we had the Port Arthur massacre, which just sets off a fear of guns for nearly everyone my age or anything like that. So yeah. some of my anxiety in public places has been like that. And I read the book, The Happiness Trap. Have you ever read The Happiness Trap? I haven't, but oh, I've heard of it. It's pretty great. Um, shout and, out. Yeah, well, who's the shout author? Shout out. Oh, no. <laughs> put you on the spot we'll put it in the podcast description definitely um it's fantastic and uh and using their tools for visualization i did um you know like if i was picturing someone walking in with a gun for for example that person is now a care bear and their gun is shooting out love hearts i love that and oh look (laughs) here comes a birthday cake and everyone's singing happy birthday to me now you know like you just you completely change up an image and and that can really work for you too especially when you're facing fear yeah yeah yep yeah great Mm. great okay um i don't even know how we got onto that me neither yeah you (laughs) since then sam as you mentioned at the start of this episode, you've come such a long way in a short amount of time. Like you're already in a really great place, but now, as you mentioned, like you've doubled your business. You're you're in a place where, yeah, you're just thriving in so many different areas of your, of your life, internal and external. So what I'd love to touch on is throughout the journey of potential, when you did it, what your biggest learnings or your biggest wins were throughout that time that has led you to be able to manifest this reality for yourself so many learnings um I guess the biggest one was like using the resources that I got during job um and also backing myself in so I came to realize that everybody's doing the best with the resources that they have and that really changed the way I viewed myself, uh, my performance, and also my clients. Um, that, that one's yeah. always such a hard, like the, such a deep hitting one. 
Yeah. That's one of the, um, for anyone who doesn't know, that's one of like the 10 presuppositions that I take everyone through at the very, very start of the course. And that one always stands out to people. Yeah, that one just stuck with me um, because I realised that I've always been an empathetic person, but that just really drove home maybe why I was like why like it gave me that answer you know and I just thought that yeah actually I'm I'm always just looking at everyone for who they are and, and and what they have and all of that so that really helped me um you know use those resources that Jop gave me to to just start backing myself in with my business so I started to like use Facebook a little bit more um, even just the language I used with my clients changed. Mm. Um, so you gave us some great tools on changing language and and just getting that little bit of confidence um, around myself just changed, I guess, the way clients would see me. Because if I was, if I saw myself in a certain way, then they would see myself in a certain way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which I guess, you know, if I was backing myself in, then they 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 feel secure um, under my service. So I, I think that had a really big, yeah, had a really big impact on yeah. uh, on the growth of the business itself. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, because the the business doubled in that time, right? And then people will probably be like, oh, so what? Like specific marketing strategies did you implement, or what specific sales strategies did you implement? But what you're sharing is that it, it wasn't any of those external service-related things. It came all the way down to how you were backing yourself. Yeah. Um, like, like that's where it started. And then, you know, that changed the way you spoke to your clients yeah. and your confidence and using Facebook and, and all that. But it started with how you were backing yourself. Yeah, it did. And, you know, I'm harder backing myself was increasing my prices as well which was only it was just a small increase Mm. but I think it was enough of an increase and to be able to confidently say to people these are my prices yeah and that's it I used to have a lot of wriggle room um, because I didn't value myself and my experiences as a personal trainer and when you look back and when people actually ask you how long have you been a trainer for (laughs) I've been a trainer for 10 years now and you know and, and all the experience that I have um, yeah. where, where I've worked and where even I work now. Yeah. Um, yeah, like just in, increasing my prices and being able to just say them in a confident and that's my price manner. Yes. Um, and, and not being, you know, it, if somebody says, oh, I can't afford that, I used to just drop my prices in an instance just to please them and get them in the door. And then I realised that those clients were often the ones who dropped off faster. <laughs> oh, interesting. How interesting. Lack of commitments, interesting. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so so that was definitely learning number one. Yeah. yeah. That That's an interesting point that you say, though. You know, you, part of backing yourself was increasing your prices. Yes. Like, that's actually <laughs> part of it. Whereas, you know, it's easy to think, oh, I need the confidence first or I need to back myself first. And then... I can increase my prices and then I can, you know, ask for a pay rise or a promotion or whatever it is, like whatever situation that you're in. But it's a feedback loop. Like in order for you to back yourself, you had to increase your prices first. I did. 
yes. And then also just seeing the reaction of, um, so I have... I have a very good retention rate. Like I'm like when I say I had clients dropping off, it was really not that many. It's just I seem to always have three or four clients on the go that would come and go. Mm. Everyone else has been around for a couple of years, say like it's it's pretty good retention. And when I said to those, I, I call them my originals. I'm like, you know, we're five dollars up. The OGs. The OGs, and I'm like you guys won't see any more rises after this, you know, like that's it. And and they were super happy, but also super happy for me. Quite a few of them were like, oh, about time you valued yourself a bit more or something. And, you know, those things that people tell you when they don't tell you at the start, but yeah. then when you do it, they go, oh, about time. And you're mm. like, oh, you want to tell me that sooner? <laughs> no? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So... You know, it, it all starts within you, you know, that change in perspective that cha- which created a ripple effect on how you showed up and how you acted and, and how you were in, in the business, which led to all the external results. Yeah. 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 And, and I think that's um, a, such a good reminder of how, you know, the external world is simply a reflection of our internal world. Oh my gosh, it so <laughs> is. That was like one of my other massive things. I was just like, do you know that everything that you criticise yourself for, or no, everything you think everyone is thinking about you, you're actually only just thinking it about yourself. Yeah. And that just, oh, I just, yeah, that just drove me so far forward when I thought about that. I was like, yeah. oh, so if I start thinking that those people think that I'm great then Mm. maybe I'm great you know like it's just yeah it's just one of those things like it's um yeah like everyone thinks they're reading everyone's mind but you're only ever reading what's going on in you yeah and you're projecting that onto someone externally yeah yeah I I actually remember like when you say as soon as you said that I remember when I was young like teenager trend there was, a, there was a time when, you know, I was growing up, going through puberty, and I started to, like, have, like, <laughs> this is going to sound so funny, like, thicker, like, leg hairs and stuff. And I remember walking through a park, I was, like, f- maybe 13, 14 at the time, and, you know, there was a group of boys who were, oh, like, 20 metres away, and they were laughing. You know, they were just laughing amongst themselves. And I was like, Mum, they're laughing at me because I've got leg hairs. And only, like, as I've grown up, I've realised, well, of course they weren't laughing at me because of my leg hairs. I wouldn't have been able to see oh, my no. leg hairs. It's but so because it was such yeah. a big insecurity within me, I projected that onto them and then I assumed that they thought that of me. Yeah, and, and that's going to you happen. made yourself feel that way. Yeah, you made what? yourself feel that way. And that's going to happen in business, that's going to happen in, in any era, yeah. in career, any area of your life. Yeah. So it all starts within, again, your internal world. That's where it all starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So that's your first. Oh, yeah. The, your first big transformation, which is huge. Like we said, it all starts from there. Yeah. What else? What else has shifted for you so drastically that has led you to get these incredible results? Um, so I also realized, and, and this is something that I stuck on my wall so I could remember it, Ooh. that... I deserve all the thanks and the kudos and the good things that come my way. So whenever somebody says, whenever anyone has given me a compliment, I just go, oh, yeah, or 
you know, or I might compliment them or I'll go, it was nothing or, you know, I really deflect. Yeah. Um, I won't take that. And, you know, and, and then when you also realise that, you know, everything you've created in your life, all the good things you've created in your life have come from you mm-hmm. at some point. Yes. Um, and it's, it can be hard to explain to some people. Um, and it's not just about being grateful for the things you have. It's really looking around and going, you know, I created this. And also when you um, actively participate in your life and your challenges, you get rewarded with those good things. Mm. So it's not, if you passively sit by and watch it go, um, you know, yeah, you'll get to the end of your course or you'll, you know, you'll reach five years at your job or, um you'll have your baby even like if you just passively sit by a pregnancy um just waiting and waiting and waiting and 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 if you're just waiting and you're doing the same thing day in day out um you know those really special things might not happen those really good opportunities might not come to you so and I I did have quite a few good things just come to me you know like those really like oh wow you know like moments where I was like if I had not have done this mm-hmm. that would not have happened mm. that, 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 that's so relevant because you know the, the feeling of oh my success was a fluke or I didn't actually earn my success is such a typical trait um, and it's called imposter syndrome you know where 80% of people up to 80% of people experience that especially high achieving people with imposter syndrome disproportionately affects high achieving individuals for that reason because you achieve these big things and they happen in such a short amount of time so it's easy to be like oh that was just a one-off like that that was a fluke yeah imposter syndrome absolutely have imposter syndrome like always have to ask myself if not you then who like mm-hmm. who are who i've always been told um by a, a well my psychologist actually yeah yeah it was my psychologist he told me one day because I said I'm not I, I'm not good enough for my job at the clinic I'm, I'm not qualified enough I'm not I shouldn't be, be here and he said to me well should we call up your boss now and quit do you want me to give him a call and we'll say that you quit and I said, no. Savage psychologist. I yeah, love it. Though. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I love Heaps it. Heaps of fun. Um, yeah, yeah but, no, good, good. But yeah, and I said, no. And he's yeah. like, well, you tell me then. Who do you think is better for this job, if not you? And I didn't have an answer. And so now I often think to myself, if not you, then who? Yep. Like, okay, if you don't think that you're good enough for this particular client, then who would you recommend? And then I realized that. I would probably recommend myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it doesn't, it doesn't always work that way. But yeah, imposter syndrome is real yeah. and, and still working on it every day. Mm. Yeah, it's an ongoing process. And I think, you know, we should definitely, like, we should definitely say that, you know, this isn't something to eliminate. Yeah. Like, because no matter where you're at in your journey, you know, if you've climbed up, a thousand meters of Mount Everest, then sure, you're going to feel pretty good with those 1,000 meters you've just done. But what about the next 1,000 meters and the next one after that? There's always more levels. That's always going to bring up more feelings of fear and imposter syndrome. But it's learning 
ha- that that's normal. Yes. It's learning that it's normal and then how to work through that. You've got to have those skills in your, your, your toolbox. That's right. Yeah. 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 It, it's always going to be around. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's a completely normal feeling. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that ties in with so many things that you've said. At the start of this episode, you said that you got your very first like personal training. Oh, so you got your pain management clinic um, job opportunity from a friend who sent you the ad. Hmm. And that like that could also be seen as luck, but you created that luck. Because, because yeah, your friend sent it to you, but also, you know, no matter where you are in the world, there's luckier people and there's unlucky people. Like there's luckier locations and unlucky locations. And you've got to be the one who chooses to put yourself in lucky locations and lucky people. And, and you're, you're hanging out with people who are clearly looking out for you, who are clearly got their mind open to opportunities. And then that's why they sent you that job offer or that job um, ad and then you put yourself out there to reply to it and go to the to have that conversation and then you created that whole achievement yourself yeah 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 and it was just because it started with her I was just so because I was really at that point where I just stopped looking for anything else Mm. um and yeah that that came up for for a personal trainer that's a very rare opportunity and and it came up and and the fact that she thought of me just had me yeah she was my favorite person for a very long time (laughs) after that (laughs) yeah yeah but that's how success comes about like all those little lucky things one after the other after the other but they're not completely lucky because you're the one who's created them over time that's right yeah yeah yeah, beautiful. That's huge. I love that. Okay, number three. Last one. Uh, everyone chooses their own path is what I've got written down in my trusty, in my trusty book. Yeah, okay. Um, Expand, yeah. please. So this is a big conversation that we've, we've had post-job, I think. Um, privilege aside, so I, I do want to make a note of that because I do realise that um, not everyone is in control right from the get-go of, mm. of creating a, a comfortable life and world for themselves. Um, but, uh, yeah, so privilege aside, um, it's basically, and, and going back to everyone is working the best with what they've got at the time, um, it's a strength to actually realise that and to, you know, and, and to be your highest self with what you've got. So, I mean, we all see people probably every day who aren't being their highest self. You know, we could look at them in the eye and say, you know, be better. Just, um, just drive down a road in Melbourne for two minutes and you'll see some road rage. And you'll be like, right. there we go. You're like, <laughs> be better, man. Um, you're like, okay. So, you know, and, and it does so. It really, every situation with every new person I come across now, I'm, I'm thinking that like I'm literally like which I said before just makes me so so much more empathetic than what I was because I now know why I'm empathetic so everyone's on their own journey and everyone chooses their own path which means also that you with the challenges that you face you've created those challenges and you're ready for those challenges um, and, th- and that's I guess one of the other main learnings that ties in with that because if a challenge presents itself, you're ready for it, which means 
you can take it on, you can squash that fear and you can build your own path from that challenge. You can decide to let fear win and maybe you face a challenge because you didn't take that opportunity. Technically, you didn't take the opportunity, therefore you've created that new challenge you're in. It goes on and on and on. Um, So basically, life is a, you know, finish your own chapter. (laughs) Remember those books? Yeah, yeah. Um, Uh, Choose your own adventure books. Choose your own adventure books. Life is one of those. Um, Yeah, life's an adventure. It really is. And, And if you're looking for something that says, you know, to take this path, <laughs> go to this page. If you're looking for those opportunities, like a- actively looking for them, um, then yeah, then then you'll be able to build the path that you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that ties in with you know what you were saying earlier about your resourcefulness. Like when you started using Facebook and you started actually seeing these resources that you you'd had this whole time, but previously you just hadn't sought them and then therefore you hadn't been able to utilize them yeah yeah exactly and i also think like apart from building your own path it also like turns you into the person that you want to be as well so that's just why i wanted to add in there that you know it's not just about the path you're on it's who you're becoming when you're on that journey as well yeah 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 because that's the only thing that you have infinitely in a way like who you are every single day of your life Every achievement, every material thing that you accumulate along the way are timestamps along time. Like, you know, you get an achievement, you know, you, you finish a half marathon or you get a promotion or you pass like a certain threshold of uh, yearly income. And that's amazing, but then that feeling can die down because it's a timestamp set in time. And then next week, next month, that's kind of done. But then who you are is the one thing that you carry with you every single day. Yeah, that's right. You just consistently, I don't know, like, since I turned about, I'm going to say maybe early 20s, I've been evolving into a different person than I was when I was first, I guess, considered an adult. Yeah. Like, people who might talk to me now that, you know, had a chat to me when I was 18, um, probably wouldn't recognise some of the things that come out of my mouth. And, yeah. you know, and, and that's all part of it too. I've, I've chosen that. And, yeah, like it, it can be hard to to even like to, to look at yourself and look at your own personality and realise that you need to go down a different path. Mm. But it can be done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's huge. That's where the fear of success comes in because like everyone wants growth and success until they realize they need to drastically change and that's scary like there's a lot of responsibility in that there's a lot of stepping into the unknown and letting go of things that currently make up their their life yeah oh it's one of my favorite metaphors about the dancing you know yes, like can you, yeah. yeah you need to tell us that Ooh, you need to tell us that i love it um Oh, I love that we managed to get here. Um, So, yeah, when it comes to letting go of those things that make you you, but they don't help you become a a new, more improved version of you, you might have to let them go, which um, might also mean saying goodbye to people or just telling somebody that you're going to be different. Um, You know, like you're, you're changing that way. Like I said before, people who knew me, 
um, might not really know or even particularly like who I am now. We use the dance metaphor. So they're used to you doing the tango with them and maybe you want to learn a different sort of dance. So you you start dancing your own dance and they, they kind of look at you and go, oh, what's that about? And you're like, oh, I'm just trying out a new dance and... You know, and, and they might go, oh, all right, that's cool. Do you want to teach me? Or maybe I'll watch you dance, you know, and, you know, and that's all fine. Or they might say, oh, I really don't like your new dance. Why don't you just come back and do the tango with me? Let's just do the old dance that we know and, and, and everyone will be happy again and it'll be great. Um, and you have to choose whether you keep dancing your own dance or whether you go back to their dance that you were doing. And it... It can be a struggle and it doesn't mean that you're cutting off ties from them completely. It's just you're creating a different path to theirs. Yeah. And, you know, and, and sometimes that has um, turned out to me just not, um, not being in contact with people anymore and sometimes it's just being in contact with them a little less. So, so that's the dance metaphor and I love it. <laughs> yes, so well described. It, it makes it so clear that, yeah, like going down different paths to people is is often a sign of evolution from one of you. Um, and it can be other things as well, but um, yeah, it, it is an external sign of, yeah, you moving forwards in, in your own way. That's right. And it, it doesn't mean that the path that you walked or danced with those people beforehand was worth nothing. Yes. Um, it just means that things changed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm glad you said that because... It's like, it's like the end of a relationship, you know, right? If, if a couple have been together for five years and then they break up at the end of those five years and they're like, oh, I've just wasted five years of my life. But it's like, no, did you have a fun and beautiful and loving time during those five years? Yes. Okay, then. So that is just another chapter of your life that you now close the doors on and then you get to choose your own adventure as you go down a newer chapter now. That's right. Oh, beautiful, Sam. This has been such a great conversation. And yeah, we've been speaking for over an hour now, so we are getting to the end of the podcast. But before we do, what I want to finish with is five rapid-fire questions where I ask you five kind of random questions, not based off anything we've spoken about so far, just so that everyone can get to know you a little bit more outside of this deep inspirational talk all right are you ready for this ready as i'll ever be okay uh the first one i think everyone's already going to know actually mornings or nights yeah mornings absolutely mornings yeah you've you've already mentioned (laughs) that a few times (laughs) who is your inspiration i find inspiration in everyone is that fair like yeah, that's fair. everyone I meet I, I can be inspired by something that they're doing yeah great okay favorite place to travel oh anywhere where the kids are happy um at the moment um but when I get away to Hobart for the yearly point to pinnacle trip that I went to uni first in Hobart so that's where my first degree was um and yes and also my husband proposed to me on top of the mountain um on a random trip there. Is that Mount Wellington? Yeah, Mount Wellington. So yeah, just always a really special place to go and visit Mm. Tassie. Yeah, wonderful. How many coffees a day? One. One? One, directly after yoga. Great. uh, Before I run or gym or whatever. And I'm a big tea drinker during the day. Oh, okay. So are you gonna get a tea when we go out for lunch after this? 
maybe afterwards, yes. Yeah. All yes. right, cool, cool. <laughs> and then last one. If you could do only one hobby for the rest of your life, what would it be? Running. Yeah, and I hope I never have to stop. Beautiful. Well, Sam, you know, this has been such a rich conversation. Oh, my gosh, I've loved it so much. Um, Thank you for sharing so much about you and the journey that you've been on and all of the intricate learnings along the way. No doubt has been so impactful for the listeners. If anyone does have any questions, if anyone wants to reach out to you, where can they find you? Uh, so I am on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is Sam I am underscore coach. It was runs, now it's coach. Um, and Owning it. Also my Facebook page, which is just Sam Todd, personal trainer and wellness coach. Cool. So if you looked up that, I should come up. Yeah, and I'll yep. put the links in the podcast description so it's easy Great. for everyone to find you. Yep. Yeah. Well, once again, Sam, thank you so much for for doing this. Thank you for coming from Ballarat, which isn't even that far away, but for Melbournians, it might as well be like, you know, Darwin or something. Um, But yeah, thank you so much. And I can't wait to share this conversation with the world so that everyone can see, you know, who you are, what you've achieved, and they can see what's possible for themselves as well. Thanks, Chang. It's been a blast.